0: If you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Towier Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeearguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S dot U-S, and contact Ed today.
1: Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for
0: the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchorfm Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, 499 or 9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast, episode 68. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? You're getting ready to go on another vacation. You just got back and you're getting ready to go on another vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Life is hard. Life is good. Life is hard. <laughs> so we got our we've got our guest as as uh as you know. We've got guests in the studio tonight. We have James yep. Stapleton and Mark Roberts. Welcome,
2: guys. Hey, thank hey. you guys for having us, man. Yeah.
0: And we are going to talk and enjoy each other's company and drink we've, some Weller 12-Year-Old.
2: We've already begun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, cheers, guys.
2: Cheers, cheers gentlemen. Cheers. cheers, brother. Tink, tink. And we'll get a little
0: tink there, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the Instagram post I put out this afternoon, but when I first started drinking bourbon, you could go into <clears> any <throat> liquor store Pull Weller twelve year old off the shelf and pay twenty seven dollars for it.
2: Yeah, mm. it was um, it was actually a go to of mine. Uh, wait, is that the green label? Is that a green label? No, this no. is a uh, black label. Yeah, black. Oh, okay. What they used to do a a Weller green label that was a go to for mine yeah. of mine when mm-hmm. I was you know early twenties that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and, and it was cheap. that's like
2: a six year, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's even getting hard to find now. Uh, yeah,
2: the red labels hard too. Yeah, yeah, all of it is.
0: Was the, the red what, the antique?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Weller's. Uh, it's Buffalo Trace, right? Yeah.
0: Well,
3: once uh, people figured out it was yeah, the same yeah. kind of recipe in vain as Pappy, then well, they're like, "Yeah, it's at supposedly the yeah. it's the
2: same. Uh, it's the same recipe as Pappy." I've heard it's yeah. just maybe uh, aged in different locations of the barrel warehouse, and there's a couple of different variables, but it's kind of the same juice. Yeah, supposedly.
0: I've heard it called Baby Pappy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pappy. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey! I, I wanted to thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you for inviting James to your podcast, <laughs> and uh, by that, James, thank you for inviting me to tag along with you. Dude, it's, uh, it's great thank to you meet all you guys. For coming up, man. Yeah. awesome.
0: It was uh, it was great to meet you guys, and and man, I was excited that uh, Dusty invited us to that show at the barn. <laughs> yeah. And then, as soon as Neil and I got out there and saw the barn, which we'll be talking about, listeners. We're like we got to have James on the show and and figure out how this all developed and mm-hmm. you know kind of the past. So
2: can you believe that place? It's
1: it's all it's amazing and it's such a it's just such a tribute to music itself. I think, man, when you walk in a spot like that, you just feel catch a vibe. It's like, man this this guy knows what he's doing here. It's beautiful. Yeah, he man. knows what it, really it is. is. It's it's art. It's an art piece. <laughs> My jaw hit the floor because you know he just. You, you can make a room, but you can't make a feeling, you know? And you walk in there, it's like, oh, man, this is just a thing. This is just a different thing. So there's wow. there's special places like that. And I, I caught that immediately in there. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah it's,
0: I, I think some of the things hanging behind the stage, you know, caught your attention. Shut up, big man. Time. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> so are,
2: are you, guys, you guys both, uh, you, you guys pick guitar as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. A little, not little very good.
0: well here. Yeah. But, okay. So just to kind of give our listeners and for us to learn also, uh, because music's obviously important to you guys, we always start with the same question. And and, uh, James, we'll start with you. But if you could just go back and kind of talk about your early memories of music as a child. And then when did music really become important to you and kind of get to where it is now?
3: Well, um, my earliest memories would be um, my dad used to listen to a lot of... uh... A tracks, old country a tracks, and um, I don't know if you noticed that at the barn, but on my fridge, I made magnets out of my dad's old a tracks. No, so, oh, cool. really? So it's, uh, there's you know, most Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson kind of uh, stuff, and um, those kind of one little tribute to my dad in the barn there, because like you awesome. said, it's full of like little little things, and some of them are more sentimental to me than others, but there's definitely some. Uh, emotion there. So anyways, that's my ch- earliest childhood memory would be him probably drinking too much whiskey listening to old country music, <laughs> which I think I tend to get that from well, man him. Some of that old <laughs> country music makes you need that's to drink a right. bunch of whiskey. <laughs> it Your sure interview. does. It sure does. And so that that's probably um, where that all started. And uh, when I was particularly younger, I didn't really care for it because um, that's kind of how things are. Mm-hmm. And and um, I was more influenced by my two older brothers who are. Eight and nine years older, so they were oh, yeah. uh, a bigger influence on on music, and so we used to have a record player, and uh, they used to listen to a lot of Beatles and Rolling Stones type stuff, and so that's kind of what I really grew up with in the uh, you know kind of my fundamental years. And then when I got to early high school, is when I kind of branched out into more more rock and and. Um, blues music um and that was kind of influenced from my one brother mm-hmm. and uh, i got a basically you know big neil young fan and air Clapton, and that's oh, yeah. probably my two biggest um guitar influences really yeah and okay. so i got my first guitar when i was 16
1: okay and so what that, was it
3: it was uh it was a, a Squire Stratocaster. All right. A white one. Starting with the uh, yeah. Squire. Yeah. yeah. it's was always yeah. the way to go. I started with the Squire. Yeah, that's a point of entry. Yeah, yeah. point a nice, of entry. <laughs> nice uh, <laughs> rosewood neck. It was Japanese. And it, it, it was a well-built guitar. And yeah. It, it served me pretty good. And um, so I used that, you know, for a few years. And then um, the first guitar I bought after that, I bought a, a blue uh, Strat Plus Deluxe. And that mm. was like more of a, you know, a, a keeper guitar, and I still have that guitar.
1: Is that on the wall?
3: And that's on the wall. I thought I saw that one on the wall. Yeah, it's it's kind of right behind me. Is that I, the one with the EMGs on it? Um it has, the, it has the lace, the lace sensors. It okay. Has, has the gold, white, and red ones. Ooh. And uh, I used to like that tone because uh, Dave Gilmore would also play lace sensors as okay. well as Air Clapton back in the early 90s. And so, the you know, Pink Floyd and Ear Clappin is kind of why I got that guitar because I wanted to have that tone, I guess. And then my, uh, um, you know, obviously my music evolved through the years and then so did my guitar collection. So where you notice a lot of the guitars behind the wall, what I would kind of do is every year I would work and save up and then every Christmas I would just kind of buy myself a new kind of keeper guitar. Oh, and killer. Then, and then eventually I got my wall of guitars, <laughs> and then through the years, I would piece out some amps and stuff, so then I...
0: When did you tele- start
3: that? That's um, probably when I was 20.
0: Okay. That's yeah. a smart.
3: That's a smart, know, Dude. It makes it man Great decision.
0: So, James, where did you grow up? I don't hear a lot of Kentucky in you.
3: Yeah, I got a little Canadian <laughs> there, eh? And, um, <laughs> yeah. I grew up in a small farming town called Dublin, Ontario, which is kind of uh, right between Detroit and Toronto, on the great, in, or in the middle of the Great Lakes there. Okay. You grew up okay. on a chicken farm. And the town is like 300 people so it's more oh, wow. it's more of a hamlet than a village actually no yeah. kidding wow. yeah, it's so small 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 town and um uh, i'm a chiropractor and my mentor went to school in st louis so i went to school in st louis and then uh i did a little field rotation here in louisville and i liked louisville it's kind of similar to st louis river town yeah you know yeah um i like kentucky culture a little bit more and it was closer to canada so um, I decided to practice in Shelbyville since I'm a small town guy, but I wanted to be close enough for the city.
1: So, so how long did you stick in that, uh, small town of what Dublin, Ontario? Mm-hmm. How long did you stay there until like through high school and all yeah, that through stuff?
3: High, well, the high school was in a bigger town called Stratford, which was like 30 okay. minutes away. And then I went to university, you know, about an hour South of that in a, in a bigger town with about half a million people or so. And so okay. I did university there and then came to a chiropractic College in St. Louis.
1: So, when you were doing university and all that, were you were you driving back and forth and still living at home, or were no, you actually no, living? I in... lived in there. So, you're getting a taste of the, the a little bit bigger existence, I'm sure.
0: Yeah,
1: that's there... wild. Could you imagine growing? All right, so you just got oh, a well, house. I got a little
0: taste of that. I time. was going to say
1: yeah. you got a little house in in North Dakota of, of a town about three hundred. Could two, you two hundred fifty? Could you imagine living your entire childhood? Being in that community, growing up, yeah, I mean, you absolutely knew everybody that was around you. I'm sure, right? Yeah,
3: it's it's kind of funny because the um, and one thing I realized is the uh, the sense of community is actually larger in a small town. Oh know, yeah, because it just branches out and people do know each other a lot more. So even though it's a small town, the, the community is fairly large. Oh yeah, know, it kind of encompasses miles. You know, and then, uh wow. first time I lived in a subdivision, it was kind of awkward because a lot of people don't even know their neighbors right so yeah no was, was like, yeah. hey.
0: wonder if that growing up in that environment kind of contributes to this uh you know this desire to want to share your place now and well, and enjoy well, other people and, yeah. And, yeah it's
2: it's it's part of building a sense of community right? yeah and i'm yeah. just I just realized also man you you're you're your uh, whole town could damn near fit into one of the barn shows. <laughs> 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 if we pack the day, yeah, a little bit downstairs, that's pretty well. <laughs> cool.
3: yeah.
0: Well, before we get into the barn and start talking about that, why don't you take us back, Mark, and talk about your musical past?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, so so I think my dad was the first person to introduce me to music. And my dad wasn't necessarily a big music fan. Fan. And neither my dad nor my mom—they they didn't listen to a ton of music. I didn't grow up in a household where music was always playing and that sort of thing. But they introduced me, obviously, to just enough, and it was one of the first things that I really loved. So I think my first—my dad bought me some some little forty fives of like—I'm um, oh, completely spacing on the guy's name. It did um, who's the guy that did the song like the Streak? Um,
3: Billy Squire? Ernest. No, no, no. Oh, no, I know Ray Stevens. Yeah, Ray, Ray. Stevens. Oh, I,
2: I'm
0: thinking the stroke. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> so, 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 so my dad was a country music fan, but my, my dad liked my dad liked shit that would make him laugh as well, you know. And my dad grew up. A, my dad grew up. He was born in 1934, and he grew up in Camelsville, Kentucky. You know, uh, big family and Great Depression, all that sort of stuff. So he. um You know, he was old school. And the first records that he ever bought for me or would play for me were things that would make me laugh when I was a kid. So there was like a lot of Ray Stevens albums and stuff like that. And then the first record that he ever bought me, uh, actual record was Jim Croce. Jim, that's a great one. And I remember it, man, like it was yesterday. Literally, he came home from a record store and he said, you know, I've got this for you. And we tried to play it and there was something wrong with the record player. And, uh... (laughs) he called the neighbor and uh, he was like, hey, I bought this record for Mark and a record player is not working. Can we come over and listen to it? So I went to my neighbor's house and listened to Jim Croce's record and very quickly, like, you know, Leroy Brown became my favorite. You know, again, it was kind of sing-song storytelling, but also funny, comical, that sort of thing. So I, I, I gravitated towards that a lot. Um, that's a great record, man. I got that record oh, down man. at the house right now. That's a yeah. good record. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's still one of my favorites. to see yeah. great tunes on that. Oh, Jim Croce, She's incredible, man. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. you know, he's, a, he's a storyteller. And that's, to this day, you know, and and I've variated over the years. I think uh, I've kind of come full circle where I was first introduced to to uh, singer-songwriter and Americana and country music and storytelling. And they've always been a big part of, of what I've enjoyed. But, you know, I detoured along the mm-hmm. way. Um, I, think, uh, I think my first concert... I think my first con- uh new kids on the block concert. Yeah, come on now. Come on dude. Fucking hanging, Jeez, top hanging, it. <laughs> hanging <laughs> tough. you were hanging. My sister <laughs> she she go to your sister. Go <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> my uh my sister took me to a new kids on a block concert I think when I was probably in 4th or 5th grade. So um, Oh yeah. Dude that's one know. of the first uh, times I ever got called out singing.
1: By, my sister called me out because my voice cracked on a uh, singing Joey's Donnie? part uh, now, Joey Yeah, I was singing uh, the high part, man Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> The best part about that story <laughs> Is you still know the guy's name The part you were singing Of course <laughs> I do I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, it? He was still it? has the name I remember his last <laughs> name Joey
1: McIntyre McIntyre, Is it McIntyre? No I think so It's yeah. not Tosh, it's, it's, that's it's Mac, I was gonna say Ma- 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 I don't know yeah, Man, we're right there, though You know
2: that's <laughs> close so, enough. Yeah, so you know, I think that was my first, and that was a Freedom Hall, actually. And I think that was my first real concert that I remember. And now I'm sure my my mom and dad probably took me to to something else, uh, you know, before that. But the first concert I remember going to was really excited about was seeing new kids on the block. Um, and I've done, you know, I, you know, my musical influences have come all over the place. Uh, my mom listened to a lot of oldies, and so I was, you know, heard a lot of that as well. Um, Johnny Cash and Kenny Rogers mm-hmm. were always, you know, that was a thing I would hear in my mom's car and uh, you know, with my dad, et cetera. But man, I'm a I'm a huge rap music fan. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge rock and roll fan. Um mostly today, though, as I've gotten old, you know, I'm in my forties and and as I've gotten older in the last handful of years, for the most part, I really kind of gravitate towards singer, songwriter, Americana, mm-hmm. country music, that sort of stuff. What but, was your first
0: concert? Oh, my first concert? Ever. I don't know if I can remember. You yeah. know, the first thing that came to mind was Hank Williams Jr. You've seen Hank Williams Jr.? Three times.
1: Really? Yeah. That's why, because you saw him three times. That, I mean, it was your first.
0: Yeah. It might have been, though. <laughs> he puts on a good show. ACDC was an early <clears throat> concert of mine, too. And I remember the thing I remember most about that was I felt like I had cotton in my ears for four days. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it's a loud. loud. One. Yeah.
3: James, what about you? What was your first show? My first show was uh, Lenny Kravitz at Massey Hall. Oh, oh wow! Oh. I was in grade eight, and my brother, who was in, I think he may have been first university then, um, or in university, and he 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 brought me, and that, that was a pretty cool. Experience. Was that like the "Are You Gonna Go My Way" record? No, it was uh, "Mama Said" just came out. Oh. So yeah. it, it was pretty tight because it was all Mama Said, La Rue, which
0: are oh, yeah. two best
3: albums really. No kidding. Yeah. They're yeah. tight. And and that, that hall is, um, you know, it's significantly smaller than the palace. It's maybe brown. Oh, cool. Like brown, brown, oh, yeah. brown. Oh, wow. Yeah, brown like, theater. Oh, yeah. oh, it's like
1: what? 1100, 1300, yeah, something like that. I was going to say maybe
3: 15. Yeah. If I had to guess, you know, oh. but it's one of those old, old, uh. And I, and it was in Toronto, which was you know a big city far from me, so like that was a pretty big field trip and fun. Oh, so that was it was a good concert. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah.
1: I think my first uh, concert was I was like New 10. Kids on the Block. No, nope. <laughs> even better, Michael Jackson. Oh <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson Bad tour, and you know what? He touched
0: me. You probably shouldn't say that You probably
2: shouldn't
3: say that I'm not musically
2: having My soul (laughs) You know man Michael Jackson So that was It was an amazing show uh, I never saw Michael Jackson (sighs) I was a huge Michael Jackson fan When I was a kid Thriller was probably The first record That I can really remember Just dancing Around my living room man Dancing my ass off As Mm -hmm. a kid You know I yeah, I uh, I really really love that record.
1: I have some Michael Jackson uh, uh, stories. I had the the you know full jacket and parachute pants. I did too. And I think it, uh, the Thriller album came out. I was probably six or seven. And um,
0: I can just picture you, Mark. Now yeah. you had that. Actually, I didn't,
1: the, I didn't have the jacket. Oh, so you oh, had so Neil have the had
0: Michael laid out the in his white
1: suit. Probably had the glove. I think I had yeah. the glove. Uh, but I, there was one time that I asked my mom, I was like, Mom why did you name me such a stupid name, like Neon? She's like, what do you want to be named? Said, this is something cool like
0: Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And that was three years ago. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm still mad at no. <laughs> it. Right. While we're talking about shows, what's your, what's been your favorite show? Ooh. It's a tough one. Ooh. First one that comes to mind, maybe not the favorite, but what comes to mind?
2: Hmm. Uh, you know, I saw Chris Christopherson at Iroquois oh. Amphitheater a few oh. years ago. Oh, wow! Yeah, and um, that was a bucket list show for me. No I'm a big Chris Christopherson fan, and uh, it's the only time I've ever seen him. Talking and about songwriting, yeah, really. oh, it's he's incredible. Yeah, it was it was a special one to me. Now, I, I love that venue. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great. I don't know if that you know, I I can't say that that's my favorite show, but that's the first one that pops into mind. It yeah. was really important to me for sure. Yeah, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, one
3: that just popped in my head would have been um, the Pink Floyd tour in 94. That was the biggest... Biggest stage I've ever seen, and the first time I ever saw like lasers. Like,
1: oh, really? You know? <laughs> <The> full deal. i seen the lasers. We'll get so, <laughs> so, 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 around to the lasers. Yeah. <laughs> so we blame Pink Floyd. We blame Pink Floyd for my laser oh, yeah, obsession. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so he's you, you you guys didn't, didn't know, see the lasers? Oh, you the guys heart. didn't. Oh, see the they lasers. say James is the Larry Bond of lasers.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> if we didn't see them, we saw a whole hell of a lot of lights. We oh, did oh, see some trust
1: lights.
3: Trust me, you did not see the lasers. The lasers are—they got hit by lightning, unfortunately. No. Oh. We we do or did have some significant lasers that <laughs> it they looked like a variance ar- actually. It yeah. looks like an arena yeah. in there when he turned. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty dope. Like <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I ever saw a, a spectacle like that with the stage and the sound and you know the the f- you know irregular production of a large stage. Yeah. Know? Before that show, it was kind of like your standard screens and band and you know good lights and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. that, was, that was one that um. Kind of struck a chord. Plus, I was a big, big, big fan at the time, mm-hmm. and so that was the uh, a pretty big imprint back then.
0: Yeah, what you about know, you? My favorite's pretty easy for me. What is it? It was uh, it was Prince when he was here at, <laughs> at the palace. The yeah. palace. I it loved was it. Uh, we were at the first show, and, and I tell people all the time, you know, he comes out on stage, you know, uh, says hello to Louisville and all that jive they do, and then uh, he said, "You guys ready to hear nine number one hits?" And he just played without out hardly any talking nine of his biggest biggest hits in a row. Extended guitar solos, you know, it's just, he just lit it up. He can shred. You he know, man, I,
2: I'm, uh, I'm sad to admit that I did not appreciate him as much as I should have yeah. when he was here. And it happens. Man, like
1: some people didn't like Jordan when he played.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it kills me. I wish I would have gone, I, you know having the appreciation for him now that I do, I would have really gone out of my way to see him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't back then. You know, it's just different place, different time, you know. Yeah. But man, what an incredible dude. I mean, one of my good buddies, uh, Luke Powers, um, who is actually how I met Dusty Bo, which is how you guys met us. Oh, cool. Luke, uh, Luke's got a great story about Prince. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his story real quick. But it's a cool story, and he said a beautiful thing about it. Um, Luke worked uh, in Los Angeles. He lived out there with Dusty for a long time. Oh, okay. And he worked at a place where they used to deliver equipment to a lot of artists. And so that he would take gear to Prince's house and, you know, Axl Rose's house. Oh, and wow. He, he had some, he's got Slash some. He's got incredible stories. You guys actually need to have Luke Powers on well, wait, wait, Hey, speak of that, right,
0: right. I just got a text from Luke Powers. Are you serious? Did it? you really? Because <laughs> I asked him, because I texted him a while back. We've been trying to schedule something. So I said, hey, Luke, did you get my message about doing a Sunday? He said, Brad, I am the worst. <laughs> well, I'm so
2: sorry. I he's not back lying to about you. that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Seriously, take a picture right now of James and I here and, and text it to him, man. Right. It'll be great. And I'll, I'll tell the story as we're doing it. So so Luke went to, uh, Luke was delivering some gear to Prince's house one time in, uh, in Los Angeles and supposedly he had, a, uh, had a recording studio built under a swimming pool. And um, Luke said everything was on Constantly, Like, nothing was ever turned... You know, things break when you turn them off mm-hmm. and on, right? So, he wanted to have everything on and ready for whenever inspiration hit. He would hit the studio, do whatever he was doing. And Luke said it always struck him, you know, that every piece of a gear and every piece of equipment was always turned on. And he posted this thing that I thought was beautiful, and I'm going to butcher it right now. And I shouldn't even be telling a story, but he posted this thing that was beautiful after Prince died, and he said something to the effect of, you know, I can't imagine what it must have felt like to be the man, to be the the person... It had to walk in that studio and turn everything off for the first time. Oh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Man, that's beautiful wow. and deep." And yeah. Anyway, yeah, I uh, was killer. Cheers to Prince, man! What an cheers incredible to Prince, guy. man! That was good. I cheers. needed an uh, excuse guy. to. I'm so. uh... Cheers,
0: clinking. I am so happy we we went to see that show oh, and got man. those tickets. And it's all my wife. She. uh... She knew when they were going to be released, and she set everything up on the computer because she found out if you try to get in a little early, you're kicked to, like to the back of the line or something. So she waited till the clock hit, and, you know, it whatever time. Bam, got right in, got us tickets. We were on like the ninth row center. It was, it was awesome. Very yeah. cool. What about you, Neil?
1: I'd have to say I've got like uh, a few different the Billy Strings um, at at headliners last. February 2020, right before everything shut down, man. That one was unbelievable. Just because proximity, uh, three hours, two and a half hours of two sets. Michael Cleveland playing the whole second set. Right before that, right before Marcus King's um, El Dorado album was released. That dude is good. We saw him at at um, Mercury Ballroom. Mercury Ballroom, and uh, Spencer and I, and and he had the. Uh, VIP ticket, So we went in Saw Soundcheck Watched like Six songs Soundcheck Met him and the band And then watched the show And it was It was jaw-dropping To see him live I mean it It was unbelievable And every song Was just killer It didn't matter What it was The slow songs The fast songs You know The well And then going to so that was that was one of, and then the most surprising one that I didn't pay.
0: What do you say too, man. I know this is a different <laughs> one, but the most the
1: most surprising one that I thought this is going to be awful because I wasn't a fan. I think it was a free ticket. Was Kid Rock? I didn't. Oh yeah, hey, it yeah. was
2: such a good show. I've, know, I've, kinda, I've had so many people tell me he puts on such a great show. I, I'm not. I haven't bought an album or, or you know yeah, listened
1: to it much it. since. But I'm telling you, dude, the show he was amazing. On stage, yeah. Yeah, he gives it all. Yep. It was yeah, killer.
2: I uh, I know some guys that are uh, session players that were talking about Marcus King, and <sighs> and they said he's a real deal, man.
1: The like he's apparently, real deal. yeah.
2: He said he's 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 a great guy, and he's just man, he's he's incredible, dude. Yeah, he's soulful voice too. <sighs>
1: He, he does. It just doesn't look like he's going to sound like that. Oh, he does. And he has that angelic crazy voice. Holy crap! He spent like three or four years studying jazz. Uh, you know, after already being profi- uh, real uh, proficient on the guitar. So I mean, he he dug. And you can grandfather. Tell he's a student. It's his grandfather's Gibson, that three thirty five. Oh, really? That's a you know seventy year old guitar. It's his grandfather's, and, and then it was his dad's, and um now it's his. And they're actually making a um, signature model. 335 Gibson that's a Marcus King model that's the replica of that thing that's cool which is pretty awesome
0: we listened to him while we were putting the floor in the studio
1: yeah him and uh, Brooks oh,
0: nice and Billy Strings
1: and Billy Strings yeah all the stuff I so at, one too. of my favorite <laughs>
0: YouTube videos have you, have you guys seen the Billy Strings YouTube video where his friends are just uh have a cell phone video video of him at a house party. With them on the couch when he's really Yeah, Yeah, is that a cool... That he looks like he's yeah. about
1: 13. Well, yeah, and he's got his tweaker buddy in the back that he's <laughs> singing about. And, you know, he's like smoking <laughs> a yeah. yeah.
0: Like, holy that's hell, a, bro. That's a great video.
1: Was a, that well, was the... He a, was killing it then, too. Yeah, yeah. he was. That's crazy.
0: He's he like, ah, I only played that song once. <laughs> yeah, play like come on play it play that song you just wrote
1: yeah dude I finally wrote my first song that wasn't a bluegrass song uh, since I started listening to him yesterday finally wrote something that was different
2: <sighs>
0: that like, could be bluegrass though you could make a bluegrass pretty easy that one I wrote yesterday yeah, uh-huh.
2: yeah. <laughs> okay speed it up four times I'm you telling you man <laughs> what, believe me so what do you guys normally listen to
1: I'm like you. I, okay. I grew up listening to everything. I love rap. I can listen to, yeah, you know, I'm a, I could have uh, if you if you put shuffle on my Spotify or whatever player. I mean, I think it's going to mine I'm would confuse the hell out of most people. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. I think you know. Did you grow up in this area? I grew up in Shelby County. I, I really think that this area is eclectic with its music taste. People really mm-hmm. um, aren't focused on a lot. You know, yeah. it's 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 a little bit more sporadic, I think a lot I think a lot of people do that around here. It seems like
0: a big festival that's several genres would it, it goes over well in local mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's kind of a sweet spot
0: yep For right sure. now i i go in i mean I go in spurts, listening to different things, but right now I'm listening to a lot of blues just because I'm trying to do some ear training on the guitar, so mm-hmm. there's a lot oh, of three cool. chord songs, you know, so yeah
1: what am I listening to right now? I'm just trying to learn Bluegrass, actually. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. I'm it's a challenge. To, yeah, I'm trying but to learn, I, too. How do you all listen to music? Because I'm kind of... I'll, I'll listen to... If I say I'm listening to that Marcus King, I'll listen to that record 400 times before I listen to something else, and I'm finally like, okay, I'm done with this for the next
2: year. I, yeah, I, I do the same. Um, well, mm-hmm. I, I bounce around, but I've got staples that I... I mean, listen, I can never hear too much Sturgill Simpson. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, the, the amount it's honestly it's a little embarrassing <laughs> the, the, the amount of times that i've listened to sturgle simpson in the last five years of my life is i mean he's definitely been number one on my charts um yeah. but i listen to uh i'll get into something pretty heavy for a while and then you know i try to move on um i like to try to discover as much as i can and i didn't do a very good job of that during pandemic i yeah. you know I wasn't going out and seeing shows and a lot of, and that's where a lot mm-hmm. of kind of discovery would come from for me because I'd go to see a show and I'd check out the opener and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, something like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, I mean, I don't really do Spotify. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want Spotify to be a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, I just, yeah. uh, you know, so much about what they're about I don't like. Mm-hmm. But I understand they also do a lot of things and they give a platform to a lot of different artists that otherwise wouldn't have a chance to be heard and, you know, I respect that. But, I usually, um, as far as how do I consume music now, I don't know if that's what you were asking, but uh, I mean, I, I, I'll go to Apple Music and I'll, you know, set up some playlists and I'll just listen to what it, you know, might populate for me. And that's kind of what I do.
1: Yeah. Just, I'm sure it's random if it's generated off the stuff you listen to.
2: Well, yeah, it probably doesn't know what to make, make of me. <laughs> it doesn't know how to sort me out. I'll tell you, there, there are a couple guys that I've heard recently that I've been a big fan of, is um, uh, Vincent. Uh, Vincent Neil Emerson. I don't know if you guys have heard that dude or not yet. But
0: Vincent no. Neil Emerson. Yeah, right man.
2: Right? Yeah, you should check him out. He's cool. And also another Kentucky boy. Uh, I think Ian No. I'm going to have to double check. I believe his name's Ian No. That's right. Is it no. Man, I heard a couple tunes from that dude uh, over the last few months. And man, I've been really, really impressed by him. Oh, He's kind of got this whole, you know, there's a re- definitely a Bob Dylan vibe there with oh, that. Oh, cool. Guy. Yep, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, you're talking about. What you listen to and what kind of playlist it would make. I listened listen to Amazon Music a lot. And I saw on there, it had your most listened to songs, 2019, 2020, 2021. And it was so interesting to go back and see, you know, it's like the 70, 70 songs that I listened to the most that year. It was pretty cool. But oh, it was yeah. all over the place, yeah. all over the
2: place. <laughs> yeah, probably forty or fifty of them of mine would have been Sturgeon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Simpson. I think so. Uncle Stur- Happy birthday, to Uncle Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, yesterday. it was. Yeah. 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 yeah, no doubt. The James, one, what, do what do you listen to? to? Well,
3: one of the benefits. Um, I do listen to Spotify quite a bit. I um, I used you know when I had my CDs, I had a you know fairly nice collection of, and I used to always just listen to albums. Pretty much straight through. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I used to do it. Lately, you know, we um, you know, we always have music on in the house. And, you know, it's getting home from work and two kids. I don't always want to make the commitment to what I'm going to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, so we actually do listen to a lot of 91.9 uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. Definitely on Sundays because I'm a big fan of Roots and Boots and then oh, yeah. Aaron House oh, yeah. show. So like from 3 to 10, that's all I listen to pretty much every Sunday. In between that, you know, I do like some of the algorithms that Spotify uses with, like, you know, your Discover, your Weekly Discover. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so, what I've been doing for two years now, since I don't always get a time to listen to that specifically that week, and then it vanishes. I've been dumping those songs into a playlist called Discover that is a collection of all of my Discover songs, and oh, so cool. it's it's really deep. So whenever I don't want to make a decision but I want to hear new music that maybe relates to something I like but not something that I'm you know committed to I'll just put on that and then I find that I discover a lot of bands that way Mm -hmm. because I'm always going to look at the keypad or whatever and see who who that is you know and then I'll go into them and Mm -hmm. you know a little bit more so I do discover a lot of new music that way plus it keeps it pretty fresh so it's like a custom radio station Mm -hmm. and then it mixes it up pretty good Mm
0: -hmm. So when you l- listen to CDs regularly, what, what stands out is one you like to listen to start to finish? Because <sighs> as cause soon as you talked about CDs, one popped in my mind. What are you listening question, to? Gonna, I want to hear James first.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you the last time I, I listened to a CD. Yeah. Oh, I ca- actually, I can. Uh, Aaron Biebelhauser. He brought us those the stacked CDs. I, those are the ones yeah. that are in my vehicle. His, his latest one is, yeah. um, I forget what it's called. It's, it's a, the tribute to Mickey Clark, man. That's a great album. Yeah, it is. That's a good album.
3: He's got some killer players on that too. Yes, you know, he does. Sam Bush and Steve Cooley. And Steve's
1: on a ton Cleveland of it. is yeah. too. Uh, Gage is on there yeah. a little bit. I mean, he's got
3: everybody on there for sure. It's, oh. it's a well produced
0: Well, maybe it doesn't song. have to be CD, just your favorite album, front to finish Thank or, you, or one you listen to. The most. Appreciate you coming into the. You guys the, are all younger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> the year 2000.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah I don't
2: know what, what What do
3: you think James what do you uh, what was the last album I um yeah I listened to a lot of Steve Earle albums front to back mm-hmm. I, I like his you know his deep tracks mm-hmm. you know uh, almost you know quite a bit actually so I'm a big fan of his you know catalog over the last 10 years so it's one artist that I oh. definitely will sit down and I'll listen to that album you know start to finish multiple times because I found particularly with him, that the songs get better and the music sounds more cohesive the more you listen to it for some reason.
2: He's got a show coming up at the borough. Are you
3: going to... He does. Really? I'm going to try. It's be the night before... We're doing something. Or- yeah, we have, we're hosting the Captain Midnight Band at the oh. barn July 17th. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh, okay. And, and he's playing there on July 16th and...
1: Put no. you up against it.
3: it's going to
2: be a rough weekend. <laughs> it's, <be> a rough <laughs> weekend. No, it's, it's a tough one. For me. Yeah, it's going to be a rough weekend. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how
3: I can't go to that show, but um, we'll we'll, we'll
0: do
1: no our kidding.
3: best. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, what's your what's your? Well,
0: I, I went way back because I was thinking cassettes and CD, right. and and James had already mentioned one, but I I wore Let Love Rule out. Yeah. yeah. Another one was Appetite for Destruction. Uh, I uh, wore wow, that out. Yeah. And then another one is just kind of embarrassing to admit now. And I don't know why, but I, I wore Limp Biscuit out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's wild?
1: Okay. I know why it's embarrassing.
2: <laughs> Dude. So
1: the weirdest thing is my wife showed me a. Fred Durst tattoo today, about an hour ago. Not That's on a, her body. Not on her body, but on somebody's <laughs> body.
3: And I was like the lights are on. How,
0: well, how is, I
1: haven't talked about a herd lump biscuit or Fred Durst in years. And now you say it. And I mean I Dude, swear, right before, I was landing, It was a good tattoo,
2: by the way. Just <laughs> last night I saw a meme. Uh, and it was like, it was like the uh it looked like the logo for friends. And it was like in front of the fountain, like the opening shot of Friends, they are all, all on the couch and that sort of thing. But I had to look at it like three times because I didn't get it, but it said Fred's. And it was a picture of like Fred Durst and Mr. Rogers and a bunch of dudes named Fred sitting on that Fred couch. Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. We've just manifested Limp Biscuits. I'm telling you, man. How weird is that? Wow. God. Oh.
0: oh man, man, I had
2: some buddies. I had some buddies in high school that were uh, big Limp Biscuit fans and and uh i think let's see maybe i'm wrong about this but i think limp biscuit played a show at the old uh, thunderdome before they were really big uh-huh. so they opened for somebody like insane clown posse or some oh, weird geez. shit like that I-, I can't remember what it was but but some buddies of mine had this like limp biscuit cassette tape before they were a popular band and it was like considerably more heavy and considerably more gnarly than what they really? became known for like it was a rock and roll tape man no <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
2: and we should probably stop talking about that. Biscuit Yeah, yeah. Now.
0: that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: Let's so, get to uh, the barn. I like yeah. your Biscuit podcast, yeah. you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so let's then start. we definitely need to start uh, yeah, talking yeah. about how in the hell. Well, let's start first All right. with you two. Like, how, how long have you guys known each other and where did that well, relationship start? The that's a good story.
2: story. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good story. Yeah, for
3: sure. So, um, yeah, how we met was kind of a, you know, just a happy accident happy accident you know music lovers and and so um basically you know how the how the barn came to existence was um you know i always used to have a in my old house i had a little basement with guitars and we'd have some bands over once in a while i used to have derby parties and me and my buddy dennis uh truman he was a drummer we had a little hobby band we'd play some old country songs and stuff we'd mess Mm -hmm. around then I moved into my existing house and it had a little basement where I would play some guitar. But as soon as, you know, my wife was uh, expecting and I saw like music in the house wasn't going to happen anymore. I was like, I need to, I need to build something before, you know, before I run out of time. <laughs> and, uh, so then, um, you know, I built the barn just a you know, storage, but obviously in the loft, as, as you guys mentioned, is, is, is basically... Um, it's like a man cave, but it's dedicated to music, basically. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, it has a bar and games and stuff. But it's it's really a, my own little kind of shrine to people that have influenced me. And and it's a honky-tonk die bar. I, I like my bars busy. I like them, you know, gritty. I like them seasoned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like them to have some feel and some soul to them. And and, and that place does have that. Yes, oh, yeah, no doubt. I, you did a good job of that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's been, you know, worn through, you know, since it was built and. 2014 and um so I ba- built it basically just for myself mm-hmm. you know and it was my place to kind of hang out with my band my friends and stuff and then I started having these little jams you know with some friends who knew friends and you know and every time a musician would come over they'd be like holy this is <laughs> great you know and everything's kind of plug and play so it's easy and it has a cool vibe and then we'd have you know these great nights and then started doing more of them and then some of my buddies would be like hey uh you know I'm in a band you might have my band comes and we'll like close out the jam you know and so then these jams ended up being into like turn into these like mini concerts you know and uh and the bands were pretty good so <laughs> then I, I was like well this is you know selfish of me not to share this so then I started inviting friends and stuff over so we'd have a you know a little little small community of stuff you know and uh and it, it became a good time and it became too good not to share and mm. so when I was kind of looking around at you know other people were doing kind of like living room series mm-hmm. and stuff I, there was like a one in Louisville and then Mark's obviously is called Live at Long Run and when I saw that there was a living room series just down the road I was like well I should I should check this out see what he's doing or how he's doing it because he was doing public shows and that was always a little apprehensive of inviting people kind of into my house, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. And then I was like, well, this is a good good thing. I'm going to share it. So then I reached out to Mark and um, on Facebook, I saw that we had some mutual friends and he ended up being from Shelby County, which is where I, I practice and I, you know, have friends and stuff there. And so I saw we had new mutual friends. So I reached out to him and I was like, hey, dude, uh, I see you do concerts and I do concerts, you know, like,
2: I don't remember you actually reaching out to me, man.
3: I yeah, thought I reached I, out to you and then you invited
2: me to your show at Long Run. Oh okay. so so so, okay. so
0: Mark, you do kind of the same thing
2: at your home. I do. I do, yeah. And that's that's how James and I met. Yeah, I'm sorry okay. to interrupt you, bro. no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. So I do uh I do live at Long Run, which is a living room concert series. Okay. And at your house. At my house, yeah. yeah.
0: It, is it the living room of your home? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's uh it's uh it's living room my home. Um and I can, I can, I'll explain how that kind of came to be in a minute. But so, and I'm hijacking your story here, bro. No, this is it's a good intersection. We'll get there. I'm just getting to where we met. Yeah, well, so I, I didn't remember us actually chatting beforehand, but I remember talking, you, talking to you the night of uh, at my house and something that's always stuck out. And this is really kind of a great example of the type of guy James is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm having a sh- I, Who was playing that it's night? Luke Powers was Luke playing. Luke was playing. It was it Chadwick? Uh, who, no who do you open for sh- oh man i don't remember it may have been it may have been Shadwick from quiet hollers and luke did a couple Shadwick. songs yeah or something like that i think that's what it was okay so uh oh yeah and raymond rowe did she play that night i don't know anyway don't know. so uh so james and i meet at the house and you know niceties introductions that sort of thing and i've got a house full of people that i don't really know so i'm kind of <laughs> hosting and you know whatever and and so James and I chat a couple times throughout the night, and at the end of the night, he just says, "Hey man, you know, um, I really like this. This is really cool. I like what you're doing here." And he was like, "You know, uh, I've got a little place at my house that we like to do music in." And he literally called it a little place. Yeah. You know, he was like, he was like, I got this little place that we like to do music into." He was like, "Hey man, um, you know, why don't you come over and take a look?" And maybe we could do some stuff together sometime and and so within a, probably a couple days i went over drove over and took a look at the barn for the first time walked in was, the, was the barn new no it'd, it so we met in 2018 okay yeah. so yeah. you're oh, four, okay. you're 4 years four into yeah
1: so at, at, at the point that you guys meet you're just doing jam sessions and hangs, and yeah, I'm
0: doing and jams turning and turning into kind into concerts. of
2: concerts.
0: Yeah. What the barn looked like, Mark, when you got there,
2: like it did, like it did. for the most part, like it did okay. when you guys saw it, like it does. I mean, and so I walked in and was just. Fucking blown away, <laughs> yeah, floored, you know, right? floored by it, like me. holy shit! And I the- and I look at this guy, and I'm like, okay, you've got a little place you built for some music, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know. So when you- well, you
3: brought Mark and uh, Luke and Dusty the first time you came over. No, I was think that the
2: second time? I, the second time, yeah. I came over and I met you the first time because I didn't know what to expect, right? Yeah. And then I came home and I was like, Luke, Dusty, we got to go to the barn. You got to check this place. Yeah. 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 So Luke and Dusty, who we vibe- we talked about earlier, yeah. earlier, you know, those guys are like brothers to me and. I love him to death. Love him dearly, and uh,
0: he hasn't responded to the picture yet. I, he'll probably respond in
2: three weeks. Yeah, you might. <laughs> if, if you, like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I love those guys to death, man. Um, yeah, you know, good. they're both incredibly talented musicians and great people, and and I can't say enough great things about them. But so they lived with me for a couple years. I, I was running this kind of called it the Mark Roberts home for wayward musicians. I was going to say, they're true musicians. <laughs> then, huh? They, yeah, live, they yeah, both yeah. live with for a couple years. All right. So when Dufty actually came back from Los Angeles, um, when he left his band and kind of left, you know, that that whole scene, and then he came back and was doing some solo stuff. He came back and Luke had been living with me at that point. And so then Dufty kind of came in and and we we had, you know, way more fun than we should have most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> and so they actually, the, the both of them are a big reason that, I started doing live at long run kind of officially publicly Okay. so um you know we were there we were there was always music in the house, and I got really lucky man um my my living room sounds beautiful, so it's just you know hardwood floors and there's- vo- hard you know wood vaulted ceiling nice. and big brick wall, and it just sounds really nice, man, vibe is super great um it just it hits just right, so music sounds really good there and and we were we were writing a lot, and they were you know they were jamming a lot and um we were having some people coming over and kind of using it almost as like a writing retreat. We were doing sessions and there was a lot of music there all the time. So we hmm. would just kind of invite friends of ours to come up. Like James said, you know, friends would come over and jam and play and we were just having a good time. And at some point I thought, you know, I should just make this available to the public. Like, I, you know, it, it's it's a beautiful experience. And one of the things that I know for sure is when you get a bunch of creative people in a room together, something beautiful happens, right? So. Yeah. And and I so, think
0: we need to say here for you guys, just for listeners, when you guys talk about going public, th- these are like invitations on Facebook, right?
2: Yeah. Um, so,
0: I, I public I, invitations. It yeah, is. Yeah. Absolutely. People
2: are, so, are welcome. You know, yeah. Participate. I owned a, uh, I, I owned a small business in Louisville for a long time that I did. It was called City Scoot, and okay. um, City Scoot was a designated driver service. You know, mm-hmm. so I did that from like 2004, and I closed it in 2018. And so when I closed City Scoot, kind of the CityScoot public-facing mark didn't, I didn't have to worry as much, you know, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, let's just open the house up and we'll have some people over and we'll have some fun. And so that's when I kind of started doing them officially to the public. And when okay. I say to the public, normally at my house, 40, 50 people show up. Yeah, you know, so my shows it's a very different vibe than than what we're able to do at the barn. The barn we can have concerts. You yeah, know?
1: This, yeah. my is house in a, is it in a full on acoustic thing? Or yeah, you, typically,
2: yeah. but it's 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 more it's a it's like a listening experience. Mm-hmm. It's a really intimate environment. Yeah. You know, um, half the crowd is seated for the most part, and you can Quiet. hear you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. you know, when artists are playing, they're listening. There's no talking, yeah. and they that's and that's one of the things. I, I, you know, that's one of the things that I learned. Uh, well, first, I mean that's what artists want, right? You know, a a musician wants someone to listen to what they've done, man, you know, this art that they've created. So, so I wanted to kind of create that, that non-traditional, that intimate environment so that artists could, you know, share their stories and, you know, share their music and connect with people that actively listen to what they're doing. So,
1: you know, it's interesting because uh, you said pretty much the same thing that James did when he was talking about after so long going, I got. It's it's almost selfish of me to keep this Not to, to myself. I've got to Absolutely. share it. So I wonder, and and James, maybe you can speak to this. When you, when you were able to go to Marks and and get that experience, and see somebody that was thinking in a like minded way that it wasn't about making a bunch of money or doing these. It was about, you know, this this is too good to not share and you did see that if it you know because there's there may have been a lot of situations you walk into and you see somebody putting on these living room shows and it just doesn't come off the same because it's about m- making money off an artist or doing oh, those same well, things no. uh, d- did you think that contributed no. well, that's,
3: to- that's probably one thing that kind of makes our show special because it's Totally not selfish because we no. make, we make zero money. Yeah, first no. of all, we don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. All exactly. the money goes, and, and you can in
2: tell. in fact we lose money. Yeah, exactly. we, we do lose quite a bit. We understand yeah. that no big deal. Yes, uh, yeah. we
1: definitely <laughs> understand how to lose money doing yeah. yeah. something you love to do. We're real we, good at losing money. Yeah, no uh,
0: but losing money has a vibe to it. It's <laughs> yeah. a little more pure, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. and it's it's
3: uh, the motives are uh, good intentions, and um and you can tell that you can tell when someone's passionate about something. You know, yeah. you feel it. It's a visceral thing. You know, you can It's you know, it's not contrived. Right? Yeah,
1: And I bet that vibe kind of uh, contributed
3: to I, you I to
1: finally going. Yeah. I'm going to open it up. I, I yeah. it can be done in a way that's correct in a way that's respectful to the home and, and, yeah. and an audience is, uh, you know, yeah,
3: it was a great experience. It was like, you know, he had strangers, you know, people he didn't know in his house, but collectively they were, were like-minded in the yeah. fact that they liked, you know, what was going on. And if they're, they're going to respect you if they respect what you're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Well,
2: yeah. And that's one of the things I learned. I was nervous about it at first. I'm thinking like, well, you know, I'm opening my home to just a bunch of randos. Yeah. Met- but what I learned really quickly was the people that are willing to, you know. I Especially drive out to Exactly. This. I was going <laughs> to say drive
3: out to where we There's live. There's a commitment to yeah. get
2: involved in. The, the people that are willing to spend their Saturday night driving out to somebody's house to hear some music. Like. You know what? You don't have to worry about those people tearing your shit up, you yeah. know. And that's and that's kind of and that's kind of part of the culture and the community and I've run my concert series like that from the very beginning, you know. And James has done the same and it's 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 um, you know, it, for example, like we we do we do food, right? So we do like potluck style food and one of the reasons that's really important is because it helps to build that sense of community. Everybody feels mm-hmm. like they're involved. They're, you know, when people bring a dish to your home mm-hmm. that they've never met you before, it feels like family. It's yeah. very, uh, and, yeah. and you create that atmosphere. You create that environment. And, you know, everything we do, it's, it's all donation-based, and it's all honor system-based. You know, there's tip jars around, or we pass a tip jar, and, you know, we'll say something like, there's a suggested minimum donation for the artist, but all the money that we raise goes to paying the artist. And, you know, ultimately, what we're trying to do is... This is our way to support the art that we love, you yeah. know. And this yeah. is our way to support and encourage local music and musicians. And it's, and, uh,
1: uh, and it's in a sense you build that you know Dublin Ontario type of atmosphere too. You got three hundred B Essentially, the Louisville music community is three or four hundred people that play music and. If you can build that type of community where you have potlucks and you know, like you said, you lose money doing this. And, yeah. it, and money's donated because people love it and it goes straight to the artist. I mean, right. everybody
0: And you could it, feel that. I felt that at the barn when, you know, when we came out to your place. You know, I I could feel that the people there wanted to support Dusty. Yeah. That was you know? a great show, man. Oh, that it was, was killer. Yeah, yeah, it was a ton yeah. of fun. Yeah. They
3: did a great job.
0: So And and it also ever since we've been to your place, Neil and I have been talking about doing something like this down at his place. Oh, it, it would be outdoors, though.
1: Yeah, and I'm still nervous about having people out at my house.
2: <laughs> well, hey, so, okay, so speaking of this, I should plug two things. Uh, one, we've got a show at the barn this weekend. Mm-hmm. Wolfpin Branch is playing June 12th at James's place. Yeah, uh, be, this, and this will be this will be out already. All right. It's
0: going out Friday. Wait, is it? Yeah, I'm going to get this ready for Friday because I, I wanted to put it out. So, so if you're listening Shh. to this on Friday, the barn will be...
2: Kicking tomorrow, and so then when you come out on Saturday, James will be cussing me for inviting all these people <laughs> to <into> his house. Incredibly, <laughs> 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 and then uh, we're and trying then, to see how how nice he really is. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <my> <laughs> and then I've got a show at my house, which will be the first show that I've done at my place since uh, pandemic. Oh, um oh, awesome. at the End of this month on uh, June 26th. We've got a band, uh, Bridge 19 is going to come okay, out. And do okay, a set Amanda in the house Lucas
1: and, and those. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, Audrey Cecil. Audrey yeah. Cecil, okay. Yeah, so I'm excited, man. And it's, it's going to be a good time. They actually were scheduled to do something back in 2020. But, you know, I had to cancel everything. So, uh, and they were the one that I had to cancel. So, you know, it's the first show that we're bringing back, making it up, that sort of thing. And that's live at long Live at Long Run, long run yeah. So live I live, I live out by Long Run Park. Okay, I live on Long Run Road. Okay, you know, and so Your title so makes sense. That's it, man. Live at <laughs> Long Run, and hey, so speaking of living room shows, man, I, I, I'd really be remiss if I didn't mention uh, a dude named Dusty Segretto. So Dusty Segretto, uh downtown has done the living room series for years now. I don't even know how long he's done it actually uh, he's, you know, I, I don't want to say he's the OG, but hell he might be of, uh, of kind of doing living room shows. And I didn't know about him until, you know, I'd been doing, I'd been doing the shows in my house and they were kind of quasi public. It was mostly friends. You know, they would know that we were making noise in my place and we could make some noise. We've got enough room and that sort of stuff. Right. So friends would come over and hang out and the vibe was killer. So we had a great time. And so then they would tell somebody and then, you know, more people started showing up. And then eventually I was like, Hey, I'm gonna do this and I'm open it to the public. And a buddy of mine, uh Sam, was like, hey man, you need to, you need to know this guy, Dusty Segreto. He does the same thing at his place down. He lived on Nothing Fourth Street at the time. I looked up Dusty and he and I ended up uh, having a couple of <clears> mutual <throat> friends. So I reached out to him shot him a text message, and he and I talked on the phone and I said, Hey man, you know, you don't know me from, from Adam, right? But um I like what you're doing. I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'd love to chat with you about it, learn a few things from you. And he was super inviting and very accommodating he's a good dude man and he's his series is killer he gets he gets some great acts actually he gets uh, he gets some really good talent so, so. it's still happening yeah uh, i mean he hasn't done anything since pandemic yeah.
0: sagrado sagrado
2: yeah sagreto sagrado um, yeah sagreto he yeah, does that it, the old Rudler Kipler. Oh, no kidding. where He lives. He bought the Rudyard. He bought the Rud. Uh, I guess a couple years ago. I don't know. Two. So his living two, room three. has a stage. Yeah, his his place is killer, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's got. And now he used to do it in his old house, so it's not far away. But he doesn't. He does shows in the Rudd now. And I only I only got to see a handful of shows in the Rud before you know oh, yeah. or at his place before it was the awesome. pandemic. Rudd but was amazing. oh no, I'm back. sorry. Back in the day, I saw a lot of shows. Okay. In the Rudd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a time. But, but since he's had The Rudd, which is now his house and where he hosts shows, and yeah, he's got a cool thing he does, man. And he's a good dude. And, you know, sad. So, like I said, awesome. I'd be remiss to not bring him up, man. That's killer.
0: How did it develop to the point where it is now? When we met there that
3: night, he came over and checked it out. And then Luke and Dusty came that and We jammed Yeah, it. We hung out for like four hours just playing music. <laughs> it was, we had a terrible time. <laughs> it, was, it sucked, didn't it? It yeah, sucked. And, and those guys just blew my mind the first time I heard them play. Yeah. they're like you know the real deal, right? And um, it was just a lot of fun. And then um, one of their mutual friends was coming through town, and Mark had a show booked in his living room. It was Andrew Andrew Shepard. Yep, Shout and, and he, Shepherd. yeah, and he's a great artist too. And um, he's he, on the road from Idaho. He's coming
2: through. He was on tour. Yeah,
3: and he had a he had a full band, which you know Mark... wasn't going to work very well. Not yeah. very well. He he would have been probably better um, solo. But anyways, if, um, we kind of says like, that's when Mark kind of said, Hey, do you want to do something together? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And then he picked, you know, he had Andrew Shepard and then I picked my buddy, Sam's band, the fall city drifters. We were like, you pick a band, I pick a band, we'll do a joint band thing and, and, and see how it evolves. And that's how, that's how we started with the two bands system at the beginning was, uh, was that. And, um, That particular night, it was, I think it was open to the public, you know, live a long run and stuff. But we just invited a lot of our friends and stuff. We didn't have much of a following then, obviously. Um,
2: There was a lot of people there, though.
3: There was a lot of people there. There was at least 100.
2: Oh, there was over 100 Yeah, 120,
3: (laughs) 130 people at least. Maybe, well, somewhere in there. And it it was full. Does it ever get to the
1: point for you where you're like, Oh,
3: shit. This yeah, we got to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that story next. <laughs> so,
0: you know, when you talk about... So th- this is a uh, good deal for the musician, too.
2: Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's the intent. I mean, the yeah. intent is it's, it's musician first. You yeah, know? Absolutely. And so what I was doing at first, what we were doing at first, is that we would feature, we would try to feature a local artist and a touring artist. So, you know, if you're a touring artist and you're on the road, you know, however we get connected with you through whatever channel that is, you know, here's the deal. We give you a place to play. You give, you know, it's a spot where you can sell merch, but you're making some money and you're having a great meal. We give you a place to, you know, spend the night, all these things. Right. Yeah. And we make it, you know, we make it very comfortable. It's, it's family, man. You know, we, we make it like home and, and, um, and that's kind of the whole point, uh, you know, so I, I think it's. I, I hope it's a good thing for us. So artists.
0: most musicians stay there in the loft when they play, not or, always. Or just, a, just yeah. mostly touring.
2: Sometimes, sometimes touring or.
3: I think Andrew they drink too those much, guys stayed there. Yeah, they stayed there. Yeah. Yep. And so it's a nice perk to offer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's
0: by the way, know. James, you're grooming a great host and your son, too. We were kind of mm-hmm. lost, and he was outside on his bike and he showed us right where to go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Henry, shout it yeah. to Henry. You'd be, like, be like, the bourbon's in there. <laughs> you know? Hank is the best, man. Yeah. Shout he, out to Hank. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. And um, but yeah, that that show, I you know, um, I I would say that we didn't know what to expect, but I think we were very pleased with how the whole thing turned out because, you know, he had his world of music fans and I had my world a little bit and everyone blended really well and made new friends and there was, it was very harmonious and and the music was great. And, um, it was just a stellar night and then we were like, Well, we should do this again. We've <laughs> literally
2: we've literally been homies ever since. We yeah, were, for cheers, sure. Cheers. Man. Cheers, let's jigger again. Hey, cheers. cheers. That's <laughs> <yours>. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like that scene from Step Brothers when do we just become our best, best friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's true. We've we've hung out quite a bit since then. Yeah. And down uh, there
2: every week it seems like. Yeah. yeah. And
3: so that was our first show And that um what did we do next? That do was remember? in
2: November. We did that show in November and then we did um we did Luke Powers. This in 2019? That was in 2019. Okay. Uh, no, no, that was 18? in 2018. 2018. Yeah, so so we did that show in November. Oh, so so here's how, this is a perfect example of how accommodating James is. <laughs> I met James, I think, in September. Yeah. I think at my house. I think I had a show in September and we met. And then, hey, man, I've got this show coming through. You know, we could do it here because it's going to be a full band. Are you interested? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So... Uh, that was in November. We had a great time. And then, uh, my 40th birthday was in December and I wasn't going to do anything. Didn't really want to make it, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, I should do something. And then I was like, Hey, uh, James, do you mind if I have like my 40th birthday party <laughs> hey, in your yeah. barn? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I had a bit of a blowout at the barn. We had a great time. And then, um, a couple of <laughs> weeks later Just was being when the shit stuff. got too big. So, All right, who so we it, have? Was January, when it was, was January fifth. It was that quick when we did. Uh, it was Luke and Nick Ditmeyer.
3: Okay, yeah, it was. It was. Um, and way too many people. Showed it was up. too many people there.
0: Yeah.
2: How it many?
3: Was, uh, it was two hundred. It was well over two hundred. Two fifty.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the bar a what, do you, what do you think's optimal for the barn? 100?
3: One hundred. One fifty good. One fifty. Well, one fifty is full and. And that's it with spillover on the deck. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it's winter and everyone's inside, it's probably closer to 100. But,
0: um, yep. you
3: know, with the bigger shows, some people hang downstairs and out front, which is all right. But up in the main music spot, you know, 100 to 120 is probably
1: the plenty. max.
3: Yeah, hundreds probably that's nice.
1: That's shoulder to shoulder.
3: Yeah, like for Dusty's show, there was probably 60, mm-hmm. 70 people there. And there were, there's lots of room still. Like yeah, you could, plenty of room. You it's spend, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice, and so you could add another, you know, thirty people, and not restrict yourself too much. Mm-hmm. But much more than that, you're starting to be like, yeah, there's so, a line for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Did you have to make some adjustments? Well, that that show um, that was that, well. There's a few reasons we changed some things up. There was um,
0: Mark almost laughed out loud. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah
3: there was. Um, <laughs> we used to be like total honor system and and just pass a tip jar and stuff ew, and and, th- and that ew. particular night with that many people i was a little embarrassed on on what was you know contributed Not money was raised yeah, yeah. and there was yeah. a lot of 1 dollar bills and stuff which you know the, the bands were great they, they deserved more than that and um and it was too busy and there was, you know, I don't want to sound like an old man, but there's a lot of younger crowd that was a little disrespectful, like almost it. drinking too much and falling the mics. And then, you know, I have a lot of nice gear there. I don't want anyone near. And then... um you know, the next day I had to pick up a lot of trash in my yard and stuff, and I was oh, like, yeah. you know, like an hour, like a whole garbage bag of trash. I was like, this, this is disrespectful. That's this ridiculous. is not what I'm
2: doing here. Well, you know? and I was laughing about from the from a construction standpoint, you had to make some changes. Oh, and I had I well. to make some changes too. So my <laughs>
3: barn builder, Mark, who built my barn. He, he was there that night, and then he's like, uh, "Mark built your barn." I did not. M- de- no, Mark uh, Williamson. Oh, said you okay. His name's Farm Builder. Like, you know, and it's a well-built structure. Don't get me wrong, but after that night, he's like, uh, "I think we can add some supports in here." <laughs> so the next day, I, I hired him to like add extra trusses and stuff. He goes, "If you're gonna have 200 people up here, we need a little bit extra support." Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, actually, it,
1: that's actually nice to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's
3: more than secure now. It was secure yeah. before, but yeah. you know, it was one of those things, and oh, some things got damaged. You know, and and um. That would table be. and stuff. It, it, it was like just a buzzkill and I was like... It was, it was just too many people. It had kind
0: of hurt when you put trust in people, you know, yeah. you put trust in people and then they kind of... No,
3: it was an amazing party and it was still yeah. probably we had like a my great funnest time. night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 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 There's a lot of silver linings, dude. Don't get me wrong. But um after that show, you know, we we thought we'd kind of, you know, the purpose is to support the artists, Yeah. So yeah. we thought yeah. we would you know attempt to kind of thin the crowd a little bit and then put more of a suggested minimum yeah. you know we, yeah. we we kind of left it up to people to decide but you know $2 isn't what we were thinking and so mm-hmm. now you know we we did like a $15 suggested uh, in donation and you know now we're saying maybe 20 and it's you know bring your own booze and you know good food and stuff there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of value there and this that. is a
0: hell of a show for 20 bucks <laughs> it really is oh, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's good amazing. food well it's and it's, a good it's, environment it's a great night yeah, yeah, it's and we amazing. hire a
3: professional sound guy bob Randall, uncle bob is uh-huh. well known he does her sound so and and goggy did it before and and they're impeccable sound guys like it's you you know, you, you guys didn't get to experience that personally. <laughs> no, no. The sound wasn't quite dialed in as much as it normally is. Oh yeah. Um and when Bob does it, it's you know, it's a top notch show, you know, from
2: from our opinion. And so anyways it, well, it is. Yeah. Well, we, I mean you've made, you know, you've made significant investment into doing, first of all, what you yeah. love, but also doing it for the benefit and joy of others. Yeah, you know? I upgraded like the, um, my
3: soundboard and my sound system. When it went from just me playing guitar for myself to, you know, actually wanting to have something that bands would be happy to play with and mm-hmm. sound good through, you know, I, I think that was, it's a good care to have for artists. I, like, this is the equipment we have and this is like, yeah. this is how you're going to sound and this is the guy that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And, and um and you can stay here, and this is kind of how much money you can expect, and you're going to do this, and and artists seem to like that, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I ha- I have made a significant investment in sound and lights and all
0: that. And that's addicting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is. It kind of just leads to the
3: next thing. But it's, it's fun. It's a learning process. I'm kind of learning how to use it a little bit. It's its a lot more complicated than yeah. Than I, saw,
1: I, 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 I saw him sneak over and, and I saw his smile when he hit the button for the fog machine. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. He's like, oh, uh, check this uh, out. Uh, <laughs> you, you there's, a ever, little,
0: there's a little hole under the drum yeah. riser. Yeah. I saw
1: it.
3: He, he was grinning.
1: That, a first, that was
3: the first first time that I was in use Mark and I spent yeah, that's some, why I was so happy the well, <laughs> sunday before we uh we expanded our stage and and we plumbed that smoke machine which uh, took all day but um, it was a good time well worth it huh yeah, yeah. It's,
2: <laughs> it's fun you, you know to lose touch of your, your, your inner child right? <laughs> now, listen, man. Now, now listen man you think you were smiling about that fog machine just wait till you see he has his lasers back oh <laughs> dude I can't wait till you get your oh, lasers oh so
0: lasers are up <laughs> oh, no. no not oh, yet oh okay they got
3: hit by light I'm not sure I, I, I probably will eventually replace them
0: because oh. there are a lot of lights in the barn
3: yeah there are a lot the, the, sometimes too many sometimes too many and <laughs> and when there's can a, you
0: have too many likes?
3: <sighs> yeah, well, uh, it depends on much <laughs> bourbon I'm drinking and how much I'm hitting the button <laughs> you know, I
2: that. hey uh if i I want to circle back to something, James when they asked you earlier, man, um kind of why you built the barn and and your early influences and that sort of thing, I'll put you on the spot if I could, but you told me a story once about a place you went to when you were uh, I think a teenager, one of your buddies' dads, oh yeah,
3: and that was actually that was a big influence on it too. So one of my good friends, uh, Mike Devereaux, his dad uh, plays guitar and stuff. And they built, when I was in high school, they built like an addition onto their old, they had like a nice old home, but then they built on like a nice new addition that had, you know, kind of that open concept living mm-hmm. room. And then um, in the back of the living room, he built like a stage. So he had a stage in his living room and he had all these cool, like, he was older then, so he had all this cool vintage gear from like the '60s and '70s, like oh, Stratocasters and Fender, you know, uh, amps and stuff. And anyways, I remember walking in the living room the first time I saw it. They had all this gear up and drums, and you know, he was he just played guitar, but he was like, "Oh, my friends come over," and I was like, "That's awesome." He had the piano set up, <laughs> and it was like, you know, just unconventional because like you don't see a in stage in the living room, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But he was like, "Fuck it, this is what I want," and, I, kinda, just, and yeah. I kind of uh, I admired that, and I was like. I'm gonna have a stage in my living room. <laughs> you know, it's not quite in my living room, but it's a hundred yards away. Listen, you know, man.
1: we're all married. Uh, men, it's, from time to time, you got to do what you you got to do to please the missus.
3: Yeah, it's a good thing it's not in my living room. Actually, <laughs> put it in the barn. Okay, it's in the barn. It's in the barn. You got it. Yeah, but that uh, yeah, that that was definitely one of the influences of that. You know, it, it can be done.
0: So let's talk about the, your guitar collection a little bit. Because you, uh, you have quite a collection. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that just a, from
3: buying one a year, every just year? Just one a year. You know, 25 years later, you get... You know, 25, you know? At least 25. I'm not even sure how many I have. It's more than 25, It's, man. it's more Interesting.
0: than 25. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what, what are some of the special ones to you?
3: Oh, um, well, the, you know, not, none. Of the people always ask me, are they vintage? And I don't really have any vintage guitars, but they're all like, um, they're all American kind of, you know, Standard pedigree type mm-hmm. guitars, and so I have. Um, I guess how many do I have? I have a. I have three, three Stratocasters. I guess.
1: Got quite a few uh, Les Pauls.
3: Yeah, I got a few Les Pauls. Um, I got I got a lot of signature models. You got the Firebird. I got a Firebird. You I got, got a Flying an, V. And the V. Paul Reed
1: Smith. Yeah, you got a PRS An SG. Got a couple Taylor acoustics over there in the corner, right? Twelve string, twelve string, and a six string. Yeah, yeah that BB. You got the BB. I got the BB King. You got the Eric Clapton Strat, right? Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. white one.
3: You, the Brian Setzer Gretsch. Yeah, that's,
1: that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty badass Gretsch. Yeah. Um, uh, a thin line the, uh,
3: Telecaster, and then a, a standard Telecaster, and then a yeah. Paul Reed Smith.
1: Is that the semi hollow body? The thin line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the I red one,
3: that. and then. Uh, Paul Reed Smith and a uh, Joe Saitrani Ibanez. And the, oh, yeah, I remember that Ibanez. Johnny Carr, uh, Jaguar.
1: hmm. And um, Dobro. Then you had a, uh, do you have a couple of basses? Over, do you have a couple of basses over there too? Yeah, do you have, have, have a jazz a, bass or, no, or it's P a, bass? it's a P bass. P bass.
3: It's Fender, standard P bass. Just the, just the one bass because I don't really Not play bass yeah. although with my Been friends being bass. better guitar yeah. players I,
0: I play a lot more bass oh no,
3: yeah right <laughs> thump on it a bit but um
0: we laugh about that all the time on a podcast most bass players are bass players by necessity <laughs> band needed a bass player
3: yeah I, well we have some fun jams we, you do. Know? we, we do we just do the, I can do the root note that's about it but, that's all you need to do right Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much you know a good rundown of the guitars. But it's uh, it was it was awesome. But they're all nice specimens and you know people are like yeah do you need them make guitars the answer is no and yes, obviously no, the i don't play them but, yes the answer is um, yes but i think so i, I call it fu- functional art yes. because i look at them i enjoy them as pieces of art but that's then why I, they're on the wall that's why they're on that. the wall because yeah. people are like you know they look great some guys are like that should be in a case and i was like mm-hmm. well then i wouldn't play it and mm-hmm, then i couldn't yeah. look at it i you know like i you know i want to use them to play them yeah i, I want to pick them up and they're they're ready to go, and everything's kind of plug and play. So,
1: well, and you know, when you honestly, to a guy like me and and Brad, and, and I'm sure Mark, and and when you walk in a place like that, you are walking into an art exhibit. That's what I felt like. I felt like I was walking into an art room. It, I was it like, really is a special place, shit, man.
2: man. Yeah, it's um, it's it's one of the best kept secrets in town, you know, and even. You know, most musicians still haven't been out there yet. And people, when they walk in, you really do have to see it to believe it. Is that, I mean,
0: is how do it, you get your musician's is
2: it bad? Is it
1: recommendation? Is it bad that I don't want anybody else to Can know I, about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, James had a, uh, man, James had a really cool idea. Um, Right before pandemic last year, in February, we did a thing. James was like, hey, Mark, I'm thinking about just doing like a jam. Not like a show we do on nighttime, but maybe something during the day, like a Sunday afternoon and make it family Ooh. friendly. And so, so he had this really cool idea. And I was like, dude, that sounds fucking great. Let's do it. So we, James Jam was born. You know and, James uh, Jams? Yeah. So, <laughs> James so, so, so James Jam happened on a Sunday. It was like uh, February 16th. I don't know why I remember I think that. think that was the last event we had there. Maybe it was, it was yeah, before it was. pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And, um and man, we invited, it was special. We invited pretty much anybody and everybody. Uh, you asked, how do we get musicians? It's just, you know, word of mouth and, or James knows a bunch of people. I know a bunch of people and yeah. those people know a bunch of people, you know, and, and James and I conduct ourselves in a way that, you know, our friends are like, Hey, You know, they recommend us, right? You know, know it's a professional outfit. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing it for the right reasons, like you said earlier. It's uh, it's easy to see that it's genuine. And, you know, we love what we do and we love the community that creates and what we get to share with people. So, anyway, man. Yeah, the
3: Sunday concept started because most musicians play on Saturday. And we ran some, you know, just like, hey, I'd love to come out to your place, but I'm always playing like, you know, real gears, right? And where I was like, well, you know, I got two small kids too. And I was like, well, let's do a Sunday afternoon. It'll be a Great, you know, potluck day, and um, and it worked out really well. We, it was we, really cool. We started at a uh, at noon, but we had literally live music nonstop from one p.m. till ten. I had to go to bed. I was like, all right, work tomorrow <laughs> eleven. We're done. And there I was over a
2: hundred people that yeah, came and through and the throughout the day. Probably sixty
3: musicians at least, or okay. more, yeah. or more. Now, right? I was I was personally Two full of uh, bluegrass outfits, five piece. Two different ones yeah. one that just jammed, and then there was. you know
0: So, can you come if you're not very, uh, I,
3: very good? For sure. Yeah, that, that's what that day's for. <laughs> the day's really for the people that, like, like myself that I would Win. never be able to play, but I could play that day. Right?
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it was also, you know, y- your intent was it was kind of meet and greet and fellowship, and yeah. you know, hey, you might find your next bass player here. You oh. know, you might find your next whatever, and yeah, and also let's let's uh, let's meet other local musicians and see, you know, yeah, it absolutely happened. Yeah. I mean, there was one time. I looked, I think I've got a picture of it. I took a picture. There was like 12 people, maybe 12 people playing at the same time up on stage, you know, up there in the front. And none of them had ever played before until that moment. And I was like, man, that's that is cool wild. as shit. Yeah, that's was, awesome. There was
3: bongos and keys and oh, there was fiddles
2: and horns and,
3: and horns. Yeah, there was all sorts of shit. <laughs> and it, on, it wasn't man. too much, too. Actually, yeah, like, everyone has their is space. It, is, is that, 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 guitar? Is that to, something
1: guitar? that you do... Periodically, or was that just yeah, one uh, time? Uh, no, no. One? Yeah,
3: well, I, I'm going to do that again. That's that's what my wife actually prefers. Can, can we go? <laughs> ahead,
1: can we go ahead and uh, book that so we can invite ourselves to it real quick? Yeah. Before you're, you leave, you're definitely. You're definitely <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> invite us. Yeah,
0: I definitely even want to be invited. What do you mean, invite role? us? I just invited ourselves. <laughs> that's <laughs> the stuff I needed to to get past my plateau. Yeah, I yeah, anticipate you know, that sounds it sounds it like probably
3: happening. Um, probably actually early next year. It looks like we're kind of booked up the rest mm-hmm. of the year, but I think. That's gonna happen. I think there was too much good fellowship and goodwill. Right, it was cool, and, man. And yeah, people was... met people, and it was, it was, you know, and it's, you know, you're talking, and
2: there's a lot 10 of room. plus hours of live music. Like that's, that's something that's we a could good do. It, uh,
1: that's something we could do in my yard. It's just, just gonna be acoustic though.
2: And there yeah. was, a lo- there was a lot of room for that event to grow because as yeah. many people that we invited that didn't make it, you know, and there was yeah, a lot was. of, a lot of the Louisville uh, music scene was not as well represented as I had hoped it would be. Well, that day.
3: there was. Um, there was that um, a lot of kind of previous. Proofread- oh tribute. yeah, there was a couple uh, things. There's a couple tributes that. going on that people were like, I'm doing yep. this and that. And that and that happened, yeah. obviously. But um, yeah, I think we can make that even even better. And especially with the people that have already come through since then that'll want to contribute and know what we're doing. Absolutely. But yeah, the, the you know, we weren't too sure what we were gonna get into. And I was like, Oh, it'll be great. And but it was it was probably better than I expected because there was a lot of solid players there, yeah. you know, and there was a lot of players that didn't even get to play just because they were having fun hanging out. They're like, "Oh, this is too good. I'm just hanging," and yeah, that's a cool vibe too. Yeah, you know, that's they, almost a better compliment than yeah. this pressure obligation that you have to perform in a jam for free. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like that at all. It was like just get people together with trails and hang out and have some food and drinks on a sunny sunny afternoon. And yeah, I, that's I'll tell cool. You, Dusty yeah. was a big part of that well, day. D- yeah, let's give him a shout out there. Yeah, Dusty was really the he, anchor yeah he he was the band leader and coordinator and if there was ever a lull he would he would do his thing and, and hammer it out and he's such a graceful artist that mm-hmm. you know he'll give people space and he's very encouraging you know and yeah He has no ego about him, you know, and uh, he's talented enough. He he definitely could, but he
0: doesn't. He still has
1: one of my favorite intros to uh, One Shot. We learned
0: when we had Dusty (laughs) on the podcast, you could tell he's one of those guys that everybody that meets him, you feel like you're you're friends, you know, Mm -hmm. as soon as you meet him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say he's a wonderful person. Yeah. He's a wonderful
2: person. You know, uh,
1: he's one of those guys uh, that, uh, He's so nice that you don't know if you should believe it. And then he leaves <laughs> and continues to be nice and follows through on stuff that, you know, I, it's like, holy crap, <laughs> this guy's real. Well, I, I tell <laughs> you, he's what, a real
2: deal. You know, it's funny you say that. I, Dusty, I, I, my suspicion is is that he's probably way more misunderstood than he should be yeah. because, you know, you see him, and too many people often will judge a book by a cover, right? And they'll see him doing maybe his rock thing or maybe his country thing, and they'll think he's really kind of one-dimensional or whatever. But, man, he's not. That dude mm. oh, is... Oh, no. Yeah, man, that that guy, he's super, super talented. Um he is a great player, he's a great writer, but he's a great per like yeah. he's a great yeah. dude, man. He's Full one of, package, he's man. he's a brother to me, like you yeah. said earlier. But like that day, it wouldn't have worked no. as well if, without no. him because it when Dusty was all. in Los Angeles, they used to do I can't remember what they're called, but they used to do um some kind of jam nights and they would have musicians from, you know, from West Hollywood that are just like shredders that would come up and play, and they would have some guys that we all know their names come up and jam with them and that sort of thing. And just, Dusty had seen those jams happen a couple times, so he was like, "Hey, man, I think he put together a song list, pro- or a set list of probably like yeah, he did a hundred songs that he, that he could do <laughs> that, I was he, like, could, that he could do." And he was just like, "Hey, look." If anybody here can play any of these songs anytime, come on up. Let's have some fun. Yeah. And there's no, man, there's no. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that's there, cool. There's no. He's you know, the band director. Pretension yeah, he really was. Just, Paul Schaefer. So yeah, he man.
0: would So he would kind of provide the foundation for a song and for everybody sure. could join in. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And and he's just, you know, he's very open and, and you know engaging and encouraging. And he's just like, hey, come on. And honestly, man, yeah. So, you know, so Luke and Dusty were a big part that, a big part of, of what made me want to start doing the live at Long Runs and sharing them with the public. But they were a big part of me getting kind of back involved in music. Um, after I'd spent, you know, 14 years running a business and doing very different stuff with my life, my first love was music, you know. and mm-hmm. In my early 20s, I worked at a recording studio, you know, trying to you know, learn how to push buttons and twist knobs, a, a, a spot in Louisville called Head First Media that I, I was introduced to Jeff Epperson. I don't know if you guys know Jeff Epperson at all, but... Um, you know, he let me work there for a while and I learned enough to be dangerous and You know music was a thing that I'd always loved and I used to always tell people it's like Music is one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning And it's one of the last things I do before I go to bed at night, you know for a long time and And uh having luke and dusty Living with me again after the kind of this significant change in my life where I closed this business I'd done for so long man. It was just it was an opportunity for me to kind of spread those wings and experiment and write with those guys and jam with those guys and you know they were great they're great musicians and i'm not but they were always like hey man get in here and make some noise let's have mm-hmm. some fun and yeah, you they're, know they're really
3: encouraging when yeah you, yeah even when you know better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Like i don't know if i should do that <laughs> but no, listeners
0: go to one shot and check out dusty
2: bow yeah, check out mess check around out. on that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's so uh, stellar dude He's a good one, man. I, you know, and he's he's kind of new back to Louisville, right? He's been mm-hmm. back in Louisville, and and that, that's when I was talking about him being misunderstood. I think a lot of people see him because he does bar gigs. You know, he pays. He's a he's a full time musician. Mm-hmm. That's how he pays his bills. Well, he yeah. just completed an amazing
3: album. Yeah. H&L oh, yeah. album that yeah, you guys heard you know yeah. full concept. Rolling full concept it. just kills it on multiple levels. Yeah, you know, leaves it all out there, and it's it's stellar. And um more people need to listen to it. So check it out for sure.
1: Yeah. So before we, uh, wrap it, did you have any expectations coming into this after you went to the, you know, uh, to see what Mark was doing and, and you decided to kind of open it up?
0: Let me add yeah. to that because that's kind of the same question I had. Did you have this vision of what you have now when you started this? Well, I think it was,
3: you know, this, the thing that's kind of evolved in, in, um, I think it's getting to where we would always like it to be, which is a lot of people getting together that, that have kind of a common purpose of enjoying music. And then on the backside, it's a collective of artists that really enjoy playing for people that want to be, like mm-hmm. that are genuine fans that are there to hear music. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's a very engaged audience. I, I You know, the band's there. We get, we get killer bands, you know? We get like... Greg Forsman band play there, and and they play big big venues, but they're like very complimentary of the the, the space and the crowd mm, yeah, because yeah. it it's, it is a special vibe. You it's know? got and, a vibe, man. You know, and uh, Greg and
2: Forsman th- was one of the best nights there. Oh, I think. it
3: was so great, and like and the artists feel it, you know, because they know, mm-hmm. you know, and the crowd feels it because they know too. It's intimate, and, man. And there's a there's a harmonious thing that happens on concert nights there, and it's you know. It's my favorite way to hear a concert, you know, and, and oh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm involved in it, and I now. get to hit the fog machine <laughs> and the lights and stuff,
0: but
1: you know,
3: but um, but it's really the best way to see that kind of show, you know. Yeah. And, hey, could you it, imagine James at the Palace?
1: Hey, hit the fog machine! <laughs> hey, a, it's the to hit the fog machine. we
0: well,
2: There's
3: really <laughs> a little bit of that. I mean. <laughs> well,
2: you know, the, the fact that the shows are. You know, so, it's very organic by design, right? The way that everything is. So, it's all, you know, donation-based. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're BYOB and there's potluck and there's food and there's this whole communal, like, familial mm-hmm. vibe to it. Man, everybody gets there. They have a great time. And, and, the, and the artists are on the same page, too. Because, like, you know, we we kind of,
3: we've been lucky enough to kind of pick which artists we want or mm-hmm. want to at least pursue, right? Yeah. And then we just have organic conversations with them and be like, you know, this is what it's, this is what we do and this is what it is and this are some minimum possible, expe- uh, you know, expectations, but like, you know, we're not, this is not a contract thing. Like if someone was like, let's do a contract and a minimum, I'm like, no, that's, that's you don't get to play here. That's yeah. not yeah. the spirit that's of what That's not what we're doing. What hey. we're doing yeah, you know, hey. and, and we've never came across that, but, you know, sometimes I'm thinking that's what's coming because we're getting you know bands that actually have management yeah. companies now, and you know a lot of times once you get to that level, they're like, "We'll just deal with the management." And I'll never do that because no. it's not a it's not a venue. Yeah, you know, it's a this is a personal it's, it's thing your venue. here. Yeah. This is a personal thing. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's 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 it's, huh. it's more than that. So right? that was one You're of my in your home. Yeah. This is not yeah. a
0: venue. Man. This is this not is different. That's this one of is... my questions I had. So, like, have you learned? Like, is this a thing? Is this uh, does this happen a lot across the country where people do this type of thing, or is this unique? Well, I think living room concerts
3: uh, are guess, definitely more popular, and there's a lot of them going on. That's the thing. I don't know. If, I, I don't yeah, think no, specifically, specifically what that. I'm doing is is that yeah. there's a level of commitment that needs to happen for <laughs> <laughs> for this to happen. Yeah, um, you know, yeah it's, financial
1: it, level. It, then there's the the uh, well, there's a accommodating wives. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> There's so many layers that would go into that. (laughs) yeah,
3: And that's why we, you know, we, and we want to keep it special too. So it's not an every weekend thing. We do three to four shows a year and it's kind of based around our personal agendas as, uh, and as well as a uh, band availability. So... <laughs> public shows. Public shows. Yeah, yeah we, have, we have our fun little stuff going on too. Um, so it's a busy spot. But so you, that's, got, that's, you, you that's, got to put Top of your Recording you know, on your
0: private schedule. That's, right. I was going to say that's yeah. the one I wanted to work into. The private, <laughs> the fun show. Well, you right. got to Dusty's show. That was a private <laughs> yeah, show. I know, you know, uh, you know. And that's a special show. The, right uh, there. We're an in crowd, man. I yeah. feel
1: like that. You know, that's poss- one thing I was going to say uh, that, that you kind of hit on there. The one thing I noticed when we walked into that show, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I would say, awkward. I feel weird in new situations. Once I know somebody and I get to uh, communicate, and there's some type, I'm, I'm fine. But uh, for for me to walk into a place like, like you know, coming into the barn, not knowing anybody, but Dusty, we didn't, we hadn't met you, and um, didn't know another soul in there. I probably wouldn't have came if, if it wasn't a full on. You know me and Brad, and and you guys Good let work. our wives come, <laughs> just because I would feel in that situation, man, I'm too nervous. You know, I'm just right. Uh, but when you walk in there, it was so comfortable and accommodating, and it was instantly, oh, this is awesome. And then uh, people, you know, you introduce uh, yourselves to us, and Dusty's there, and then everybody else is basically walks up and hey, how you doing? I'm you know Luke, same thing. The atmosphere and the vibe man is is such a at ease. That was one thing I definitely noticed you talk about creating um, creating a, not a venue but a, just a different type of place and that's yeah. there's something to be said about that
0: do you, do you find that uh, most of your people that come once become regulars?
3: Yeah, I would say That could so. be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, But people are busy, too. And since we only do it so often, they're like, yeah. you know, we've got, an, especially this show coming up, you, like, yay, I'm doing this. I'd love to. Keep me in the loop, you know. And, uh, um, But, yeah, we've had a lot of repeat people. And, and then they usually bring people, and it's, yeah. it seems to, to fill itself. We're, yeah. not, we're not overly concerned about overpromotion, but we want to people to know, and we want to invite people that we think would like it, yeah. you know? And, um, and won't we'll
2: litter in your yard.
3: Yeah. And so that, that day's <laughs> that day's over. Um, that, but, you know, like I said, you know what, and it's a we, learning
2: experience. We, you know, we want there to be the minimal amount of people for the artist to make enough money. Right? Yeah. So so that's, and, and again... Keep you it know, intimate without making it chaotic. We, yeah. and, and we want them to make as much money as they possibly as they can. And, can, and it, and it, seemed, and like, they, and it if, seemed
0: like everybody that's there, like you said, they're there for the, the, for the right reasons. And it seemed like everybody was eager to give and yeah. support the yeah. musician monetarily, too. Yeah. And
2: you've got some people that can't give as much as other people, but, you know, it all works out in the wash, mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. In the long run, the artist is never there for that, especially if the show is, um, is intimate and awesome and the sound is good and it... it Everybody walks off stage going, Man, that was awesome. But it's sorry. nice it's, to get that bucket. It's,
0: it's money. Is, <laughs> it is. That, it is. that money makes a
1: difference. <laughs> now, you should have seen Dusty then when I took over the second bucket. I was like, Hey, wait, there's another bucket. I'm going to yeah, take that. Yeah, Neil actually
0: said, I don't think they know that bucket's over uh, uh, on the shuffleboard. I think it's a shuffleboard table. <laughs> yeah. So Neil went over there and got the shuffleboard, took it over. And they're like,
3: Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. smiled at the <laughs> second bucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, a nice compliment is like anyone who's played there, you know, said that they would like to do it again. Oh, yeah. You know, I and, everyone, and, and most of them hang out for a while after and they talk with the people and, you know, and sometimes it gets into be a late it, night. But yeah,
0: it kind of became you know, a jam session after the show, after the Dusty show. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely did. So, James, do you remember how the thousands of things on your walls, what's the first thing you put up in the barn?
3: Well, the uh, the decorations are kind of a, their own kind of story, but I'll, I'll tell that real quick. Um, I used to have a little man cave in my old basement. So I had, you know, 10% or 15% of what's in the barn was there. So that's, I always kind of had a starting base. You know, I started probably in my college dorms with, you know, a poster I used to make because I couldn't find artists I liked. And so I, I had some stuff from even high school that I still have there because that's sentimental, obviously. Oh, wow. And um, when I built the barn, I, I knew kind of, because like, I designed the building and I designed the stage and you
0: oh, know, cool. I kind of
3: had a concept of what I wanted. And I kind of, visualize where I'd have the neon lights so I put in plugs so there's no you know cords and stuff so are
0: they all on the same switch
3: they're on, and I put them all on the same I noticed they all switch. went
0: out at the same time and I'm thinking they used, yeah. somebody <laughs> didn't go around and turn all of these off oh uh, that's killing that's,
3: yeah that's all by design yeah. so that okay. you can because you, you can tell the mood and both moods are good but they're different uh-huh. you know when it goes from you know tavern to concert hall yeah. you know is kind of the switch you gotta um, turn those
2: neons off for the
3: lasers for the lasers
2: <laughs> that's right <laughs> and the smoke machine yeah
3: um, and so I kind of had some ideas, but then you know I was building this while my wife was pregnant, which was part of the the process. And then um, while she was that, and then also when my son was born, you know I spent a lot of time with him. So I would go rummaging, and basically I would just go to flea markets and peddler's malls and and, and stuff, and I would just buy stuff I thought was cool that kind of resonated with me to some degree. You know, the non personal stuff, mm-hmm. like more of the other stuff. And so I, I collected signs that way. Um, any bar that I went to that I like, certain things, like, you know, the Budweiser guitar neon sign, stuff that was, you know, bluesy and hockey-talkies-y, I, I was like, well, that's a sign I want to buy. So some of that stuff I did buy eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the pictures, though, you know, I, I spend time finding and printing off oh, cool. and buying. And and then, you know, on the one wall, I have a lo- local artist wall of, you know, my friends and local people that I like. And, and so, the, you know, the place kind of just oozes with, you know, kind of my you know, kind of whatever, you know, it touches me a little bit. You're
2: leaving out, uh, you're leaving out Phoenix Hill. Yeah, and Uh-oh. I bought
3: some auction stuff from uh Phoenix Hill and oh, Jim Porter's because cool. I love those two bars. And I got and, a Phoenix Hill
2: light in my basement.
3: Yeah, there's a <laughs> oh, you know shit. I got some uh you know Whalen Jennings autographs and shit, which are cool. Oh, cool.
2: Are those door handles? There's a couple things. Yeah, the should...
3: door handle on the barn door is from uh Jim Porters. Yeah. The, oh there's cool. uh I Yeah, there's some cool uh where'd you, know, you find that at the Phoenix Hill auction or Jim Porter's auction. They auction okay. off a lot of their stuff. So I bought a. you know, some of that Cool vintage stuff, so it kind of has a little bit of that vibe. Oh, people that are awesome. listening, you know what I mean. It, it's not quite that, but it's yeah, but it's, it's Phoenix
2: Hills. That's this, uh, it's you know Louisville music legend. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. for yeah. sure, yeah,
3: yeah. So I, there's there's
2: some choice pieces that I got there. That I'm like, I'm glad I got that one, you know, oh, and man. so.
3: But anyways, um, the day I decorated the barn, you know, I just kind of laid everything out on the floor, and I because I didn't know where it was gonna go because I just bought random shit, and then I just kind of <laughs> just went from <laughs> big to small, and now I'm like, you know, I can hardly fit anything.
0: Really, hey, do you have room for a Top Hill Recording Podcast sticker? I I'll I make room oh, right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> It's been fun talking to you guys. Yeah, Yeah, man. man.
3: Yeah, well, we encourage people to come out. We got a couple things on tap this year. You know, uh, uh, June 12th, obviously, is Wolfman Brands. It's going to be great. Mark's Live at Long Run is doing uh, Bridge 19 on June 26th. And that, you know, his his Live at Long Run series is amazing. Everyone should check it out. You guys need to come. Yeah, Yeah. uh, June 26th. It's a lot of fun. And then July 17th, we're excited to have the Captain Midnight Band, which will be a funky... uh, Psychedelic waterbed music ride. Yeah, it's right. it's gonna be a lot of fun. And then they're out of Nashville.
0: You gonna have the yep. lasers
3: back I've by heard then? It, I've actually heard I'll, I'll be working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a couple bands in the
2: the pocket for the fall yeah, I've too. Got, I've got a thing in the end of the July that I'm uh yeah, I got I got a thing scheduled for the end of July as well. We've got a few things coming up. Yeah. So, so up, good things coming.
3: You know, yeah. we have uh I guess if people they're like, how do you find it? We both have Facebook pages. Um, mine's called the barn simpsonville on facebook all right
1: mm-hmm.
2: mine's uh, live at long run and that's he has easy, instagram and facebook yeah and that's and, the easiest way to uh to reach out to us or message there's you know email addresses there that's actually i've got a phone number i think you've got a phone number listed mm-hmm. i think yeah, yeah. so an email you know yeah.
3: people email me and you know, people inquiring about certain things. Yeah,
2: but. you're you you're good with uh, you're good with social media. I've been terrible with it. When I, I posted some stuff a couple days ago about some events coming up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I forgot that people know. I got uh, a group engage. and a
3: page. the The page is uh, I should say this. The page is uh, my venue specifically, which will only post like when I have shows and stuff. Uh-huh. And then I have a barn group which is kind of where i post like all my music and things i want to share with people and local shows and that kind of stuff too oh, cool. so well, I, so there's two kind of different bar and communities i got going on there once you know specifically for the venue and then one's more for you know I, I share the shows that i think are cool and what's going on and and uh you know some cool videos and it's all generally music orientated oh, but um, nice but, but yeah. it's a uh, it's you know, and, and it also has my shows and stuff on because yeah. I use the two together. But
2: some you know, some people um, wonder why is there two, but that's that's why there's two. So I wanted to mention you guys actually because like I, like I just said, I made a I made some social media post recently, and I hadn't done anything with the live alarm run page for the past year and a half. Right, pandemic. I just I kind of was radio silent, which yeah. is not a good way to run a social media platform, well. right? But uh, I was looking at your house, man, and so. You all started in January of 20, basically. You've got mm-hmm. like 4,400-ish or so. Man, you guys are doing a great job. Yeah, You're working amazing. your ass off on it, man. Congratulations. Well, thanks.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's the same line that you guys are talking. We, we do it because we love it. You know, I think people that come on the podcast know we enjoy the conversation and, and that that's a reason we're doing it. And, you know, we just started the One Shot series, what, a month ago? and yeah. it's it's been crazy how that's taken off the the one shot uh one yeah, mic awesome. one song uh i mean we've got people contacting us wanting to get on there and you know it's a we don't make anything. It's like you guys were saying we don't make anything off this. We just like to have people come in, and try to oh make some my. good videos. Yeah, and... we lose
1: money. He loses a lot more than I do. I come in here every time I come in. I'm like, hey, what's that new thing? You like <laughs> those <laughs> lights behind you? Yeah. Right. Like, oh shit, we got lights now, dude. We look I thought you were just talking about the Weather 12. Right? <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> well, it's funny. Right before you all got here, I asked. Him, I said, "Do we have a bourbon budget on this podcast?" <laughs> He's like, uh, "It's tax no. deductible now." right? That's I, so, I mean, you know. it? yeah, come on. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's been yeah. fun. Yeah, we have. It's uh, it's it's and it's kind of. It's kind of that snowball effect, you know, the more followers that come on Instagram, the more that seem to gather on.
1: Yeah, and so. you know, man, you become, uh, like I was telling you guys before, the podcast, you become such a fan of, uh, especially local musicians and people that you can interact with like this, you know, Dusty, and having guys like Aaron Biebelhauser in studio to you have that face-to-face, and, and you really... Just become such a music fan, one, and then just a, 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 such a supporter of the people that you meet.
0: And not just great musicians, just great people. Yeah. More importantly, you know? probably. Yeah. yeah. We, we just met great people
2: and uh, really made a lot of good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. Uh, the the friends in my life that I've met through music. It, oh, James yeah. and I are a perfect example. James and I are like best homies. We do, I mean, we... We do family vacations and shit together. You know, like, we mm-hmm. we travel a lot. We do this and every weekend. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? We spend a lot of time together, man. And we met through this mutual love, you know, yeah. and, and its music. And and that community is very, very important to mm-hmm. me, to Jane, you know, to us and to mm-hmm. you guys, obviously. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. this uh, this past year, I think, was a perfect example. We all really struggled without, yeah. you know, without the opportunity, the option to see live music. and And now that it's back... We're really excited to be hosting what we can. And you mentioned earlier, and I actually wanted to say this and then I'll shut up, I promise. (laughs) But uh, James, you mentioned there we used to do $15 minimum donations and now we're doing 20 and that sort of thing. We also used to, you know, the the goal was to always feature uh, a local artist and a touring artist. But one of the other changes that we've made for this concert season is that we're just featuring one artist because we want that artist to make as much money as they Mm -hmm. can. We used to, you know, whatever money we would raise, we would split between two artists evenly, you know, that sort of thing. And so now it's like, hey, this last year was, was real shit for everybody. And we want to try to put as much money in those pockets as we can. So,
1: Is that the same uh, with, with Live at Long Run? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's
0: pretty Guys, interesting.
1: That's thanks like, for having us.
0: Yeah. We yeah, enjoyed well, it very much. Well,
1: hopefully we just expanded our uh, communities a little bit, you know, further yeah. ourselves. and Hopefully
0: we got on the private list How about this? You guys are on our private list.
1: Brad, we need a private list.
0: Mark and James are the first on it. That's right.
1: right. Oh, wait, look. Hold on. If I write private list on the top of this paper, this can be it. That's the private list. It is
0: now. All right, man. It's been great. We'll talk to you guys soon. I'll see you Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, fellas. See ya. All right.